welcome to the Nerd Party. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of your hosts, Asia Bonilla. And I'm your other host, Charles Sheeland. And today we have a really special and frankly important episode of our show. We have an announcement at the end of the episode, so you definitely want to listen to the end of the episode so you don't miss that. And if you're just finding our show now, we're a podcast on the Nerd Party Network. We're best friends, and we read and reread young adult books from our adolescence and share them with each other. Except that this week, we are reading a book published in May of this year, so only a few weeks ago. And we are going to be reading Aqueous by Jade Scheibach, and her publisher actually sent us an an advanced reader's copy for us to review the book. And so we're doing that today, like we did for the Vase Stay series by Claire Frase. And just again, we want to mention that we're not being paid. We just received complimentary copies of the books to read, but we're not getting any like royalties or cash or anything like that for, to read it. And this is the first book in a series that's going to be released. So because it's just the one, we just want to read it in one go. And not to jump too far ahead into the reading or review, but I actually really, really, really loved this book. Me too. I am kind of sad that the first book just came out because that means we have to wait so long for the next book. But yeah, I also very much enjoyed this. Yeah. So I'm just going to quickly introduce and summarize the book for us. This is the first novel, actually young adult or otherwise, by the author Jade Scheibach. She's actually, there's not a lot to say about her because she's done a lot of things in her life, but writing is kind of new to her. And Aquas is her first book, and she is planning to write at least one sequel. It is everywhere it's marketed. It says it's going to be a series. And like we mentioned, it literally came out on May 2nd of 2023. We got copies a little earlier than that, but we didn't want to read it until... We got to that time because obviously we weren't going to release an episode describing details of the plot before then, but either way, it's a super recent book. So again, that means we probably have to wait at least a year for the next one. Now to summarize the reading, the book follows Marisol Blaze, the adoptive daughter of the Admiral of Aqueous, which is a mer station in the Pacific Ocean. With climate change and the destruction of the livable planet, humanity developed three of these mer stations for us to escape to, and Suniva, which is Marcel's actual name, her mother gives her up to the Admiral and his wife as they are about to board Aqueous, the station. Ten years later, they've renamed her Marisol, and she's basically the darling of the station, and she's about to graduate from her training on Aqueous, and she's trying to get a prime assignment as a diver or cuvier. She goes through the trials to, like, her final tests, basically, and then she receives a surprise assignment, and of course she's also dealing with regular teen drama, and a big plot twist at the end. So, there's a lot in here. As to my impression, I I just, I really like the character of Marisol, I liked the world of Aqueous, I liked actually all the other characters too, and I just, I was super hooked, I wanted to keep reading when it was done, and I also felt like the book would lend itself really well to being a movie or TV show. Like, I feel like there's a lot of potential for it to be made into TV. And I just feel like it's a cinematic kind of story 
I don't know if you feel that way, but that's that's how I felt. Like I felt like as I was reading it, it was playing as a movie in my head. Yes, I would definitely agree with that, especially with how some of the chapters were laid out, which we'll talk about soon about with like flashbacks and stuff. It was definitely more of a movie or cinematic experience, which I also really enjoyed. And overall, for my impression, like I said, I just really, I really, really liked it. I thought Marisol was such a just interesting character and a very strong female character, which, you know, I love a strong female character and or strong female lead character. I love that. And then I also thought the take of going underwater like as a post-apocalypse thing is something that I haven't really seen in any series. Like obviously we've done a lot of the dystopian novels on the show and I feel like this is obviously in the similar a similar genre, but it brought something completely new to the table, which was really refreshing. And yeah, I think this would also make like a really great movie or TV show adaptation. I mean, obviously we only have the first book so far, so we have to see where the story is going to go. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So we start with Marisol and she's basically lost her whole family mem- family one member at a time until it was just her mother and her. And they're trying to flee basically environmental disasters. So as global warming continues, the ice caps melt, there's flooding, the the temperate zones basically move higher and higher up into mountains basically. And then those aren't even livable anymore. And we run out of food. Like we actually go through some quite detailed environmental disasters. And her family is basically trying to hike their way up to a city for protection. And they make, and one by one, her brothers and then her father die as well. And they make it to a city, but as they get there, people are leaving the city in trucks. And her mom says she's the one, and then Suniva is taken by these people. So in case it wasn't clear, Marisol's actual name is Suniva. That's the name her parents, her birth parents gave her. Then her mother says she's the one and two people just pick her up, whisk her away, and then they're about to board onto the Mer station Aqueous and they're like, this is our daughter Marisol. Now, Aqueous is one of these Mer stations, which basically means it's a giant underwater base and it's basically a civilization underwater. It's composed of buildings and halls and farms and like all sorts of stuff all contain these glass bubbles basically you live in pods like small ones if you're single bigger ones if you're a family they you know basically any sort of post-apocalyptic society but like super high tech and underwater and aqueous is off the coast of california i think that's what they said so yeah and basically the admiral admiral blaze and his wife they like take Marisol or Suniva and they're like, she's our daughter, Marisol, our adopted daughter. And they board Aqueous. And we get actually told this whole story of each of her brothers and her father dying and like the games that their parents would play with them to distract them from the horrors of it. It's all told in flashback, alternating with chapters of the present story 10 years later. So this again, felt super cinematic and beautiful to me. Like, I feel like you could really do some really cool things with that in a TV show of, like, 
an episode, you know, I feel like you could really alternate between the past and the present really, I think that could be really interesting. Yeah, definitely. When I read it, that was like the first thought that crossed my mind was this reminds me more of a movie where we're like flashing back and forth. Whereas normally I feel like in a book, you get more like snippets at a time. Like I was actually surprised that we got the whole background story of her birth family, like at the beginning of the book. I figured they she was going to sprinkle in a little bit in the beginning, but we wouldn't actually get it revealed until the end of like what happened to them. But it was, again, nice for a little bit of a change and, like, to, you know, define my expectations. Yeah, because it didn't come in memory form. It literally was, like, a whole chapter. Like, it wasn't like she was sitting there and she's like, and then I thought about my mother. Like No, it was multiple chapters. It was chapters. as if the two things were happening at the same time. Yes. Like, the past was happening at the same time. It was, I, I really thought it was beautifully written. Yes, I agree. But, so, like we said... The Admiral and his wife just take Suneva in and just like with no questions. So, you know, the big question is why did they do that? And why did they immediately have a name ready to go for her to name her Marisol? Like, so for me, Suneva had talked about how like her mom like cleaned houses. And so it almost made it seem like she had had connections with like richer people, which as we all know, if there's an apocalypse, the people who will survive are the people who have money, resources. And it almost sounded like she had connections to that because she was a really good housekeeper. So maybe I was thinking maybe her mom like made a deal with them, or made a deal with somebody like that if she was able to get Suneva to this place, they would take her with them because they just took her with like no hesitation. And then also then on the Blazes like side I was thinking maybe they actually like had lost a daughter or they were unable to conceive a child of their own which is maybe why when you know Suneva's mom offered her they like immediately took her it was just like something we didn't really get an answer to this in this book and I think it would just be interesting because it just felt too like seamless I feel like for it to have not been somewhat pre-planned or like more reasoning for why they wanted to take her yeah I was wondering about that too like, how did she know whom to speak to and what to say? Because it definitely feels like her mother knew who she was looking for, or at least what kind of person that she was looking for, and she knew what to say. And it felt like almost like a mistake or like an error in the beginning. But with the twist at the end, it feels like that might be something that we're going to find out about in the next book. Yeah. Okay. And then we do see that an engineer, like, Suniva remembers this, that an engineer, he's like, I helped build the station of Aquas. He's actually denied entry. And that's not surprising to me. That wasn't surprising at all. Though, of course, it's obviously rather distressing. And it does seem like, I wrote this down in my notes. I was like, it seems like these people are government, but maybe it's just people with resources. And it definitely seems that people with certain class and privilege are the people that make it on board. And we later find out also, like, people that were sick or even, like, at all concerned about illness were not let on board because obviously they didn't want a plague breaking out in this confined space. And so not saying that I agree with the logic of not letting the en- certain engineers on board, but I also understand where that comes from. But, of course, that's going to go to the twist at the end, which we'll talk about. But then after this final memory of her boarding... All, everything else happens in the present, which again is 10 years later. Marisol now is about to graduate from her schooling. 
And she's going to be put through five trials that will give her an assignment in the station. And she wants to be a diver or crewier. And no woman has ever been assigned to that role yet. But she's also, like, the top student ever in Aquius. Like, she's, like, a super athlete. She's, like, super smart. She's literally, like, basically the princess because her parents are the admiral and the admiral's wife. Like, she's, like, the golden child. So if anyone's gonna, should get it. And she's a super hard worker, too. Like, she's worked really hard because she wants this assignment. It should be her. Yes. That's all you're gonna say? Well, I don't have anything to say until after, and I don't want to jump ahead in the outline. Okay. Well, we go into the trials pretty quickly. The first one, it kind of felt to me like a sorting hat test. Like, Marisol, it's basically a personality test, and they have to choose an answer each time. And it, she chooses the answer that she thinks is the Kuvir answer. And I was like, I don't know if that's the right strategy. Like, it feels like she's choosing the game over the reality of her feelings. Like, do you know what I mean? What did you think about that? That didn't really bother me because I think ultimately that even though she was thinking for, like, what is going to get her the diving position, I think that's genuinely how she feels because she, like... Wants to be a diver. Wants that. So, like, so like those are her beliefs. Like, the idea of, you know, there's a dangerous situation. She's willing to go into it. So, I feel like even though she's recognizing that this is probably what they'd want you to pick if you wanted to be a diver. Like, I think that she's just recognizing that because she knows that that's what she wants to do. And, like, she's willing to take those risks, you know, that not everyone yeah, is. I guess that is true. I mean, it's still, like, even if she's choosing the answer that she thinks she needs to do, it's still the correct answer. So. Yes, exactly. But one specific question that she had near the end that I wanted to talk about because it's the main question that she like hesitates on and after she answers she's not sure she made the right decision but basically like this is all on a tablet it shows a photo of a doctor with like basically like some kind of cure and he only has one cure but there's a sick mother and her sick child basically and it's who would you save the mother or the child and Marisol ends up picking the child which Afterwards, she because she's like weighing it of whether you know the mother is like actually contributing to society because she's an adult, whereas the child is a dependent, they need help. But like she talks about, like the grief of like a mother losing their child might make them not be able to work and like contribute to society, whereas like but a kid losing their mom could become an orphan, this whole thing. But she ends up going with a child, and I agree with that decision. Because I think in that sort of scenario, if you can only save one person between a parent and a child, I think you should always choose the child in the sense of as children, we expect that our parents are going to die before us. Like that, I feel like is an inherent expectation. Whereas parents are never emotionally prepared to lose their child. So I feel like the amount of grief that you would face would be much larger than for a child to lose their parent and it's something that some people may never be able to overcome so in the sense of trying to be logical of who's gonna benefit society more I think that the child would because like other adults can fulfill the role of a parent whereas like no one can nothing can make up for you losing a child so that was just my opinion but I wanted to know Charles if what you thought of that yeah I mean I think that's the right I that's the choice I would make as well 
I think your logic, though that's not necessarily how I would have gone about it, I do think that's really good logic of a child expects their parents to pass before them, but a parent doesn't expect their child to. I think it's also just like the child has more years ahead of being a member of society that it can be quote unquote useful for. And I don't mean that in like a toxic way. I mean that in a society, humanity's on the brink of society. Yeah. A child has more potential. Adult has less potential. And I, yeah, I, 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 I just think that that's a, I agree with you. I also think that most parents would want you to oh, save their that, child. That was my other also, point. Like, I feel like if, like, obviously, maybe in this scenario, they, they're unconscious. You can't get them to consent or anything. But most parents, if you have children, I'm sure that you'd be willing to sacrifice yourself for your child. Like, that was my other point. I would is hope. That given a situation, the parent would always, the, like, the adult in the room or basically like the more educated, they're more experienced and more sentient person between an adult and a child would choose to save the child and sacrifice himself. So that was my other thought actually when I was reading it. So I agree. Well, after that trial, she Marisol goes to get ready for the next one and she's waiting in the greenhouse and one of her classmates that she actually has a crush on who's basically like the quarterback, senior president, like most popular guy in school, you know, out of the 20 people in their class. His name is Creighton, which, what an awful name. I don't know if you like struggled to like keep track of all the names. All the names were super All annoying. the names. Well, first of all, so because she names like all like 20 of her classmates and like there was definitely like a couple people where I'm like, is this a boy or a girl? Who is that again? I feel like by the end, I mainly had it down, but definitely it was just a lot of names at once. But. Well, also a lot of the names were like, the names of important characters were generic or like were not generic, but they were, they sounded like proper nouns. Like Creighton, even though it sounds like a ridiculous name, it sounds like a proper noun. But like one girl, her name was Purity and her character was that she liked things to be clean and i was like that's ridiculous there's one girl who's named sugar (laughs) right and she liked sweet things and it was like that's ridiculous i guess she had but she was an exchange student and from a foreign merge station so she chose that name so that was a little different yeah but like the girl purity like she literally every time she spoke she was like is it a is there gonna be a mess i was like this is a joke but anyway creighton he is a proper noun name therefore we know he's an important character Continue. Anyway, so Creighton, which Marisol has a crush on him, he actually kisses her just completely out of the blue right after the first trial, like they're hidden away. And of course she has butterflies and it's super romantic, but I thought it was suspicious. Oh, I definitely thought it was fishy to me, pun intended, because they're under the water. Because the writing like also had set up that like her nemesis is Lilith and he was, like, the few times we've seen Creighton before, he's always standing with Lilith. And it felt like now he's kissing Marisol, but, like, they've never... I mean, they've been friends, but, like, they've never gone that far. It felt very teenager Which, to me, and I was not about it. I don't know. That didn't bother me so much because I think it was kind of set up that, like, Lilith, who she is the resident artist, she's the dancer. 
<laughs> and of course she's toxic. Of course. But Accurate. Lilith kind of just seems she seems like she's just kind of desperate for attention so she kind of does everything to like get the boys attention so that's kind of why like Creighton is with her because she's constantly doing things to get attention but I didn't think that necessarily meant like he liked her but that is kind of how it's set up at the beginning that like we're not sure but it makes sense I mean especially as we get to know Creighton more he's interested in Marisol because Marisol is the admiral's daughter and Creighton is the captain's son so it's kind of like they're set up to be you know like the next I don't know, power couple of the Murray Station, basically, like, it would make sense for them to, like, end up together, and Creighton had said, like, some interesting comments, like, I'll always save, like, lemon cakes for you, like, I don't know, just (laughs) really random, so it was, like, kind of being hinted at, but again, it was just, like, the timing seemed suspicious because they're I mean they're literally in the middle of their trials which is like basically the biggest deal of their entire lives on this Mer station because how they do on the trials determines what their assignment is which is their job for the rest of their lives yeah so I was just like is Creighton trying to distract Marisol so you know he can get this highly coveted Cuvier job assignment over her like maybe he's also interested in diving and doesn't want her to get it Especially because this job is, like, clearly for alpha males, and that's definitely what he is. But that doesn't necessarily end up being the case, but still just, like, suspicious. Like, I didn't trust him. I agree. I definitely thought it was, I thought it was a strategy at first. It was like, he's throwing off her rhythm. And, but again, this scene, also incredibly cinematic. Like, I can't remember what they were, oh, they were calling it an arboretum. But it wasn't really an arboretum because an arboretum is just for trees. But it was basically like their indoor greenhouse where they grow all the plants. They keep species alive, basically. And like they're like on a, there's, you know, multiple levels and someone on the level below. The, like I imagined it as like a botanical garden, like the DC Botanical Gardens. Yes. Yes. That's what I was imagining, too. And like they were on the higher catwalk. Obviously, there's like five more catwalks above them. But they see, like, two kids below them are like, oh my god, I saw them kissing. Because then they get caught by someone else. And then, and I was like, that, like, I can see that happening in a movie. Like, an overhead shot where you see, like, first you see the two of them kissing, like, in a straight shot. And then, like, the next shot is, like, overhead. And then you see the next kids, like, peeking in from below. Like, it's it's right there. Hire Charles to be the director of the movie. I mean... (laughs) He's got the shots ready. Shots lined up. I would love if we could be involved in this when it gets sold. Because, you know, we're already advanced readers. We could be the choreographers. Hire me as a a producer. Oh, my God. Hire me as the choreographer. Absolutely. Okay. Anyway. So, and then later on, we find out basically that every boy wants her. Every girl wants to be her. And Felix, uh, he is another guy in her class. Again, he has a proper noun name, which means he's important. And he has a big crush on her, too. And they're like, the people that see him kissing, see Creighton kissing Marisol, they're like, Felix is going to be crushed. And, you know, then again, when we find out that every guy has a crush on her, basically, and every girl wants to be her, I was like, Marisol is basically Tally Youngblood. Like, she's serving big main character energy. Yeah. 
And like her best friend, her name is Navia, and she's like not at all studious or anything like that. She just wants to be a fashion designer. And I was like, she's giving sidekick energy. Like, <laughs> for sure. Like, it was all right there. Yes. Very, very main character energy as she finds out how loved she is in this community. So then they go on to the second trial, and they basically have to go on a scavenger hunt in this art. What did you call it? An a what? Arboretum. An arboretum. They have to go on a scavenger hunt to like look for specific plants, and Marisol ends up teaming up with Felix, who is basically was her childhood adoptive brother because his mom died, I think, in childbirth. And mm-hmm. his dad is, like, the main doctor on Aquius. And after losing his wife, he, like, shut down and, like, just didn't spend any time with Felix. I mean, I think they kind of give a little background. And he didn't really want children. Like, he just was in love with his wife. And she wanted a baby. And, of course, the baby killed her. So there's probably some resentment there for Felix because of that. And... Basically, his dad just, like, totally pushed himself into, like, his research and helping, like, patients. So, like, he just really wasn't a part of Felix's childhood or life at all. And so Marisol's family kind of took him in, so they spent a lot of time together as kids. And as we kind of learned, it sounds like Felix also has a crush on Marisol but has not said anything to her about it. But because they kind of team up, they actually tie for first for this second trial. So that was kind of nice. And it's actually after that that Marisol hears that Felix, like, he's normally the goofball. But she's discovering. And so because, like, they were, like, childhood, like, siblings almost. Or they act, behave like siblings. But, like, he's kind of hung out with other crew lately. Like, they, she's never, like, thought of him as, like, being particularly smart or ambitious and but she's like discovering during the trials that he's smart and capable and thoughtful and he has feelings for her but unfortunately she is distracted by golden boy jock creighton gross red flag red flag red flag so of course this means that we have our classic love triangle since apparently creighton and felix both have crushes on marisol even though like i said Creighton's intentions don't seem 100% good, so I think that she should just forget him, fully go for Felix if she wants one of them. I, yeah. Or, you know, just stay single, keep focusing on your diamond job. yeah, like, girl, you're 16. Or, like, 18. Like, it's not that deep. No, I think she's, like, 16. They're 16, because she was 6 when they went to Oculus, and it's in 10 years. Yes. So then we go through a lab trial, but, you know, we're just going to skip that. I honestly don't even remember what that was. That was the one where they were told to each build an experiment that related to the survival of Aquius. And yeah, it was again, it was more just that he that the only point of that was that Felix did something really, really clever. And everyone was like, oh, I didn't know he was smart. Yes, which as we're discovering, like, Felix was kind of like the class clown, basically, and made a lot of jokes and played pranks. And, you know, it's all because he's dealing with the trauma of, like, his father not loving him enough. 
But like Charles said, he's actually proven to be really capable, really intelligent, and has feelings and cares for people, especially Marisol. But skipping over that, then we have one of the biggest trials, which is the diving trial, which obviously this is a super big moment for Marisol because this is the assignment that she wants. And my main thing with this is it made no sense to me and it seemed really unfair, but basically how the trial worked is you either ended up being a diver or like the lab technician, but you didn't get to pick your role. They just drew like number one or two and based on which number you got is like what role you were. So it was totally random and by chance. And I just feel like that doesn't make sense, first of all, because the like diving position is like a highly coveted position and also most people don't want it because it's very dangerous it takes a specific set of skills so one I feel like anybody who wants to do that should be able to prove themselves and like show their skills for it but then two for people who have no interest and are not prepared for this it's setting them up for failure and like People had panic attacks and are crying and someone gets really badly injured. Like, it just doesn't make sense why they would have set it up, which they set it up in the random thing because it also, like, shows, like, how can you work as a team? Because, like, you're paired with somebody randomly, but I just feel like you should have, I don't know, I just feel like there was a better way that they could have done that. There were better opportunities to show teamwork than a, a, a test that specifically related to one, the two jobs, like a robotics job and a diving job. Like, for example, the first job was just like personality, the first test. So it was just testing your personality. Like, what are your skills? But like, that could be, you know, apply to many different fields. The second test was the scavenger hunt. And yes, knowing botany was helpful, but you also had to understand chemistry and more than anything you had to understand all of the things that happen on the station because it was like you had to like make ethanol to burn ethanol for fuel for food or no to make clothing like but like you needed to know all of the steps of what happens on aqueous and so that wasn't like that wasn't again specific like yes knowing about plants it seemed like it was about plants but it wasn't really the lab one literally let you pick whatever you wanted to prove your interests. This one was supposed to show teamwork, but I feel like it set people up for failure, like you're saying, because it didn't let people play to their skills. But it also could show, like, maybe how you are, like, forced... How can you adapt in a situation? Because also, like, some of the diving pods didn't work, so, like, that was a... Like, there was a lot of random things. But I do think in the sense of, since this trial at least seemed, like, to play towards a specific assignment, it just seemed weird that, like, they wouldn't give everyone a fair shot. Like, even if they maybe did two rounds of it, where, like, the first time you play one role, and then everybody switches, because it's just, like, if you only get one chance to do it, and, like, let's say you had no desire to be a diver, and, like, there's at least one person who's extremely claustrophobic, like, he just got, he had a total panic attack and just, like, failed (laughs) the... And he gets concussed and he's, like, in a coma for, like, a day. So, it's just, like, it just felt like there would be a better way to do it, but maybe, you know, they would change it for the next time, because this... And even on the flip side, like, the robotics, like, if you were a really good, like, technician and you wanted to do, like, command, like, operations and logistics, but you were assigned the diving role you wouldn't be able to show that. And then the station is not served by not knowing that you would have been better at something else. 
Yeah. Like, what if you got a guard? Like, what if you're super, super smart? Like, super good with logistics, but then you get assigned to the diving, and then you don't do a good job, so they put you in sanitation, and you become the janitor. Like, what a waste of resources. But I don't think that it was, like, that harshly, because I think, obviously... I don't think it was that harsh either, If you did well I, in the other trials... I'm sure. You could still do but well. But I, I think... I do think I agree with you that this one, like, it felt like because this one specifically had two jobs that seemed like specialized jobs, it felt like the trial wasn't the best way to test that. Yeah. I also don't think... And I was a little worried because Marisol kind of cheats and she switches herself to be a diver. Like, she selects the wrong number and then she, like, hands the tablet to the other person. <laughs> and she's like, ha I'm a diver after all. And it works out in the end because she and her team discover it's about teamwork more than anything else. And so they actually win the trial. And then we get to the assignment where we'll talk about that. But I was... Like, the whole time, I thought Marisol was trying the trials too hard, that it was going to count against her. Oh, no, I thought she was doing great. I didn't think that it was going to count against her at this point. I had already said that my assumption was for if she wasn't going to get her assignment, it was because of her parents sabotaging her. That was always my thought process. I I never thought that she was going to be like, she didn't do well enough. Well, let's get to that. So, as they prep for the final trial, Commander Keel... The real thing was the last names, because there was Keel and Cress, and one of them was like Lieutenant Commander, one was Commander, and I was like, "What's I'm saying? I don't even know who that is. Who's Commander Keel? Captain Cress is Creighton's dad. dad. Commander Keel is someone. I I think he's a Cuvier, and he says her (laughs) mom misses her, and it's super weird because she's like, "I literally saw my mom this morning," and he's like, "Hmm, no, it's because you're growing up, and he miss she misses spending time with you like that." And as soon as he said, your mom misses you, I wrote down, maybe it's her birth mom. Because the Cuviers go diving, and I was like, maybe he's been to the surface again, and he's seen her mom. And he... Wow. Yeah, I definitely missed that. Oh, really? I wrote that down right away. I I missed that. Especially because he gets super flustered afterwards, and he's, like, trying to cover it up. Also, one of the things... Her adoptive mother is her name is imperial like <laughs> like like the imperial system of imperial like system. units or like imperial as in like i'm the emperor but her name is spelled a crazy way and it because it like i was like is that supposed to be like a typo is her name empty real like what? and then i like said it out loud and was like imperial i mean i guess that would be like a fantasy name for like a female lead who's a boss, but I was like, I was so confused. It took me so long to realize that Imperial was her mother's first name. That's funny, because like I said, when I see names that I don't understand, they just, I don't say anything in my head. You know, you just go blah, 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 like, but I recognize who it is. But I don't, <laughs> I don't consciously try to think about how to pronounce it. <laughs> well, I have to. But anyway, so speaking of Imperial, her adoptive mother, she's been really emotional this whole time, and she keeps warning Marisol not to get her hopes up or to expect to get the Cuvier placement, which, again, suspicious. And this is where, I mean, after her mom said all those things, like, she surprises her and has them, like, take out one of the pods. I was just like, I just have a feeling 
that her mom is going to sabotage her assignment so that she won't get the diving position because it's obviously super dangerous. She doesn't want to lose her. And it's clear everybody loves Marisol on Aqueous. And they kind of talk about also for the Cuviers that they, a lot of them are single. It's single males mainly, obviously, because people die. And so it's best, obviously, when you don't have like a family or a spouse, someone who's going to miss you because, you know, you're doing dangerous work. You're putting your life in danger constantly. And Marisol is like the opposite of that. Everyone loves her. So I like understand people's concern or at least her parents' concern and her mom. But like it's her life and it should be her decision of whether or not she wants to do that. And to take something like that away from her, like without her consent, is just like something that's completely unforgivable in my eyes. Like I feel like it's not respecting her decisions. Like you're treating her like a child where it's like, She's growing up. She should be able to make her own decisions. Even if that means putting her life in danger, this is what she wants to do. Okay, I have two thoughts. One, the profile of the Cuviers you described them, like, single males. Like, I'm like, those would be the people that, like, become active shooters in our society. (laughs) Damaged single males. Okay, and then... Well, they never said damage. No. They just said single males. They usually don't get married because they they work yes, a lot. They, they work, work weird, weird hours, hours, and they're constantly in danger. Okay. Anyway, I'm clearly traumatized by the country. I would say it's in. like people in like the military, like probably like Navy SEAL Six, like people like that might not necessarily have families, especially depending on if they're young. Yeah, like they're getting their assignments at 16 years old. Yeah, they didn't start out with a family. Or even you like know? what my dad used to do. Well, you know, he used to be a diplomat. Obviously, it's a little less dangerous unless you go to a war zone, in which case is obviously super freaking dangerous. But, like, a lot of diplomats don't have um, families right away because you don't get to decide, like, where your assignments are. You get sent somewhere for three years yeah. at a time, and they're like, hello, go do work here. Um, and No, yeah, or, like, a spy yeah. or CIA. Like, I don't know. I just, something like that where it's, like, you have a high-risk, dangerous and job, and you start it when you're young. Schedule. But anyway... Weird schedule, yeah. More importantly, also, her mom being like, it's a dangerous job. I'm like, newsflash? You all live in pods under the ocean. Everything is dangerous. Like, I was like, obviously, I know this one is more dangerous because you're leaving the station. You're, like, traveling distances. You're making repairs outside of the station. You're basically doing everything. You're doing defense for the station. Like, you're doing all of the stuff that happens outside of the bounds of the station itself. But I'm like, humanity is already on the brink of extinction because you're all living in pressurized bubbles underneath the ocean. Like, I don't feel like anything is... I don't know. It's definitely more dangerous, though, because the fact is if you don't have that position, you're not... You're not every day putting your life at more risk, whereas if you're just existing in the station, you're at the same amount of risk. The people who are going outside of the station, their risk levels are increasing. So I understand that. But again, it's not a valid reason to take away or prevent her from getting the assignment she wants. Yeah. You know, because she knows all those risks. It's not like she's oblivious to that. Yeah. Well, I feel like you and I both predicted two things right now. But like... I mean, I kind of was like, I was annoyed by her mom being weepy. I knew it was coming. But I didn't think that her mom would actually stand in her way. I really just thought... No, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I thought her mom was just like, they're never going to give it to a woman, so I'm trying to, like, set her up, like, 
No, I definitely assumed it was, if not, like, her mom, but, like, her dad, too. Like, I assumed that they would step in. Like, I don't think that it was. Because I think the idea of, I mean, they could have went the route that it was, they were sexist and stuff. But I, based on what we were, how the story was going, it didn't seem like that was going to be what was going to stop her. To me, it sounded more like her parents were going to prevent her because they love her too much and they're being overprotective. Mm -hmm. And so then they get their results. And Creighton gets command, and he's also, like, a dick waddle to Felix. Like, he's so mean to him for absolutely no reason. <laughs> can you say that? I can say what it, that. It's not a curse word. We don't curse in this show. What an interesting insult. I mean, okay. I can think of some other things that are less appropriate. But he's, like, really mean to Felix. And then Felix gets the cuvier position. And <laughs> Marisol is made a professor because she's so good at everything that they're like, you're the kind of person that that should be teaching the next generation. I almost threw the book. I'm sorry. That was so mad. Like that was so maddening because not only did they not give her the position they wanted, but they made her into a teacher. Literally the worst job ever. Like something that she had no interest in. And like she even says, now (laughs) I have to spend the rest of my life trying to teach other people, you know, encouraging them that they'll be able to follow their dreams when I couldn't even follow my own dreams. Like, just such a lie. Like, I was so angry with this. Like, especially because if her parents were preventing her, they couldn't have even given her something more interesting, like a scientist or, I don't know, something, but a professor. Or command. Or, yeah. Like, like what her, what they gave freaking Creighton. Which... Yeah, so that was just ridiculous. I mean, as soon as, like, because how they do it, it went in alphabetical order by first name, which I thought was weird. But that made it so, like, Marisol was near the end. So, like, obviously, Crane got at the beginning. And then Felix, which the whole thing with Felix, like, what her dad did, like, how he talked about he was a son to her, that was so messed up. Like, it was good for Felix, obviously, because he deserved the recognition. Like, he did really well. And he was, had, like, the highest scores of the trials besides Marisol like he was the highest performing male so he deserved the Cuvier position but it still was just like he knew that's what his daughter wanted and it was just even when he introduced her on the stage like I don't know how she held it together I literally would have been like thanks for ruining my life like I'm never speaking to you again like just horrible but going back to Creighton being like really rude to Felix for no reason Basically, it's because Creighton was jealous of Felix for doing better than him in the trials. And he was being, like, super cruel about his dad and stuff and being like, oh, I didn't see your dad here. Which is, like, weird because Creighton in general is, like, very diplomatic and, like, nice. Yes. Always has, like, a... Like a character shift. A very big character shift, which, um, red flag, red flag, showing his true colors. And... Yes, and then we also get, I don't know if we get this here, but. I think it was at Marisol's birthday party. Well, I was going to say, also, because Creighton says that basically, like, he did worse on the trials to make sure Marisol did better, which. Oh, no, that's later. Oh, well, that's one way for someone to think about you. But anyway, from this, I was just like, now we know who's Gail and who's Peta in this story, and we. Everyone should know that we hate Gail here. Very toxic. And that is Creighton. 
Yeah, Creighton being jealous about Felix doing better in the trials is like, well, then you should have done better, bro. Like, it's not that hard. Like, it wasn't, like, the trials were the same for everybody. Okay, so I want to go back to Marisol's dad because he's, like, crying when he gives, when he says this. He says she's going to be a professor. And then he's like, you would be a great diver. And everyone knows, including me, that this is your dream. But I made a pledge to your birth mom to keep you safe. He didn't say birth mom. I thought he just said to your mother. No, I think he said her birth mother. Do you have your book with you? Mine's on my bookshelf. Mine's far away. I don't remember. He could have said birth mom. Either way, it was like, I promised somebody but, to keep you safe. Which, either way, I, I can understand the birth mom thing, too. I just don't remember. I think it was the birth mom, but I was like, that didn't happen in her memory. This is the first I'm hearing of this. And what on earth is this about? Like, I feel like this agrees with Asia's theory that you just said, that maybe the, her birth mother knew, knew the blazes before the collapse of society. I mean, definitely. She could like, have been their housekeeper before everything went yes, down. Yes, and I think you're right. I think that... I think this connects because I really think her dad wanted to make her a cuvier and he would have done it, you know. Oh, no, they, like they, I mean, as we'll find out in a second, they said that, like, based on the trials, she would have been picked for the job. But because of her dad and mom stepping in. Okay, let's get there. Let's yeah. get there. Let's get there. Let's get there. So anyway, so, yes. Yeah, so at this point, like I said, I was very angry. Like, how are they going to make the person with the second highest scores? A professor out of all positions. And I did feel like that, to me, felt a little sexist, like, in the sense of, like, women are always teachers. Like, I feel like she could have been anything else. And the fact that, like, she, like, literally has no interest in teaching people. Like, that's never something she showed interest in. So I feel like if you're gonna give her something, if you're not gonna give her what she actually wanted, you could have given her something better than being a professor. But either way, like I said, if that was me, I would never forgive my parents. And obviously Marisol's very rightfully upset about this. They've sabotaged her dreams all in the name of keeping her safe. And yeah, I just didn't really didn't like that. But I saw it coming for sure. Yeah. So now she has to be polite and nice. I want to I want to get all the spoilers at once, like all the things at once. So she has to be super nice and polite and hide her feelings, but she's dying inside. And she literally says the only person who will know how she actually feels is Felix. She, he's the only person she feels like she can honestly tell her true feelings to. Yes, because he's obviously endgame. Yeah. Okay. So, the very ending is super dramatic because Marisol overhears her boys fighting over her because she's a main character. So we have Jock Creighton and he did badly on the trials on purpose for Marisol so that he, so that she would get the highest scores and become the Cuvier. And then he's pissed at Felix because Felix didn't do that. And Felix is like, one, stop acting like you're her boyfriend. It's very creepy. And two, like, she didn't ask you to throw the trials. And three, it doesn't even matter because the committee, everyone wanted to make her a diver. It was her mother, so Imperial, and Creighton's dad, who is the one person he's kind of made some sexist comments before where he's like, divers can't be women. Um, 
they're the two that stopped it. They said that she couldn't be made a diver, which is why Felix got it. But that they all were going to, despite the fact that she was second in the trials, they knew based on everything else about her, the whole committee was like, she deserves this and she's worked hard and she's qualified. And they stopped it. And now, and the reason that they think that Creighton's dad and most importantly, Marisol's mom stopped her from becoming a Cuviers because the Cuviers get a certain clearance and they travel up to the surface sometimes and there are apparently survivors on the surface of the earth. And her mom didn't want her to go, just go in search of her birth mom up there, which I predicted earlier. That her birth mom is still alive. Yes, so this was... Yes, this was definitely a shock because... That's not what I was expecting. I was assuming, you know, the main reason they didn't want her to become the diver is just because they didn't want her to be in danger. But now, that's still a part of it. But the bigger thing is they're hiding the secret that there are still people alive on the surface. And they're worried that if she becomes a diver and she discovers this, she will leave them to search for her birth mother, which she has every right to. So, even more lies. So, as if she wasn't going to forgive her parents before, she's definitely not going to forgive them now <laughs> with everything they've done. So, definitely not a good look. And on top of that, it's also not even just that. She's also pissed because, she, so we didn't mention this, but they have an extra station, the auxiliary station that's next to Aquius, that's basically just like even more space. And it's operational now, but it's not even full. And she says, like, why have we not gotten gotten those survivors? She's like, I understand when we were building the station, like, we had to get people down here. We had to, like, we had to make tough calls then because we needed to make sure that humanity survived. But now we are sustainable. Like, we've built a civilization under the ground, under the water, and we have plenty of space for them. Like, why are we not bringing these people down with us? And how could you, like my parents who know about this, because you like, literally run a station, how can you let those people be on the surface? Yeah, just another reason not to forgive her parents. And she, and so then she said, confronts her parents and her mother, oh, her mom became a villain because her mom, Imperial, she says, I knew it. The birth connection is always stronger. What an absolutely awful thing to say like because because marisol's like is my mother alive up there and like they basically deflect the question and then her, her adoptive mom is like the birth connection is always stronger this is why we couldn't let her go up there and she's like well that confirms everything i was suspicious about how dare you <sighs> Well, yeah, I mean, Imperial was just living in La La Land if she didn't think Marisol was still going to feel connected to her birth mother. I mean, they literally, she barely survived with her, and she was of an age that she formed memories, so of course she's going to miss her birth, birth mother and would take any chance to see her again. Like, I feel like it would be unusual if she didn't want to do that. So, yes, it, it's not even about the connection being stronger, it's just that just because somebody adopted you doesn't mean that connection is severed. Like, that's just not how that works. Especially when it's not like her birth mother was, like, abusive or, like, did something bad to her. Like, 
she only helped her so like why would she not want to connect with her like if there was a possibility also of her being live and that is also gives marisol no credit that like what she's gonna meet her birth mother and then she's gonna dump her adopted family like she loves her parents yeah like it's not that she's gonna if she meets like her mother again that she'll be like I renounce Aqueous and I'm going to go live on the surface and burn to a crisp. Like, she's not going to... It's ridiculous. Like... Well, yeah, and that's where it's the idea of, no, it's not the connection stronger. It's just that she has two connections now. She has her birth mother and she has her adopted family. Like, that is what happens when you're adopted. Like I said, unless your birth parents died or you never met them because you were adopted when you were very young. Like, there are reasons why you don't ever have any sort of relationship with your birth parents if you're adopted but like she did have a relationship with her mother she would have stayed with her mother if not for the circumstances that happened so of course that connection isn't just going to be broken because she got two nice parents who cared for her like that's not how that works and it just shows honestly how selfish imperial like is thinking in that sense of I mean, obviously, this whole thing of her not wanting to get the assignment, it's all selfish. It's all for her, like, how she feels, which is just really unfortunate because I think as a parent, like, obviously, you love your children, you want to protect them, but you should also respect their choices, especially as, like, for Marisol, like, she's becoming an adult, like, you should be able to respect them. Yes. Okay. And so then if that wasn't enough chaos, the station is then attacked by a giant ship that says Cadre. Now, we didn't mention this earlier, but when Suniva, so Marisol, before she was adopted, and her two brothers and her parents were basically, like, hitchhiking to safety, they had, her father had given them each, like, an animal job, like, and, like, they, so Marisol was the ant, the hard worker, and then he had made the acronym CADRE, C-A-D-R-E, out of each of their initial, like, out of the first letter of each animal. So, like, their father was the eagle because he, like, protected them. So, I don't know. I can't remember what they each were. But, like, and then they, you know, they had all these, like, fantasy, basically, stories that they would tell, that the parents would tell the children to distract them from the fact that they were hungry. Or then when, like, one of her brothers died, they were like, he's taking a nap and we're waiting for, like, the fairy princess to come get him, but we have to keep going and we'll meet him at the fairy gate, stuff like that. So this is one of these, like, sort of inside memories that is significant to Marisol. And so she sees this written on the ship and she knows, like, it's basically confirmation that her mother is alive and that the ship was sent by her mother and that she's looking for her. And then also it looks... I mean, my understanding, it looked like the ship crashed into Aqueous and Felix was the only person trapped on the station. Is Did he, like, die? Yes, so I was shocked by this switch. We can backtrack a little bit to how this happens, but basically they get, like, an alert that there's, like, an impending crash. And so basically when this happens, they're all supposed to go to their, like, pods because their pods are able to leave the station and, like, go diving. But if you don't get to a pod, you'll just be, like, sealed inside, like, a portion of the station, which means if something crashes and breaks, like, you, the pressure, the lack of oxygen will kill you instant, instantly. And Marisol and Felix were together because she wants to go back to her pod to get, like, she has, like, a doll 
or something that one of the moms... She has a dress that she was wearing when she was separated from her parents, and she has pine needles. Pine needles, yeah. That her mother had told her were, like, story beads. Yes. But they just, like, they just mean a lot to her. They were a last gift that her mother gave her. And it's her last, like, possession from being on the surface. So she, like, irrationally wants to go and get them, and Felix is like, I'll go with you. And then instead of just escaping in her pod, because, you know, that's what I thought was going to happen. I was like, great, Felix and Marisol are going to end up together. They're going to be stuck in the pod together. But no, they decide to go back. And for whatever reason, they're like running through. And Felix is like, we have to go quick. Like, it's going to shut. And somehow Marisol gets ahead of him and he gets tracked in like... And yeah, that was a little confusing. It was a little confusing, and also just, like, it's, like, one of those moments of, like, how on earth did you get separated? Like, how on earth did that happen? Also, like, because basically, like, how it works is, like, different sections separate off, so obviously if there was, like, a leap in, leak in one chamber, it wouldn't destroy the whole station, but based on the size of the ship, I guess, that crashes, it seems like the whole entire Aquia station could have went down and, like, been destroyed. And Marisol ends up getting into a pod with her best friend's mom, right? Doesn't Isn't that who she was, yes. like, with, like, the little or kids? She ends into a pod next to her. Like, they get separate pods, but she's she's in a pod. Like, in a she's pod. escaped. She makes it into a pod because basically where Felix ends up, there's no pods in that section. Like, he doesn't make it far enough to where, like, he can get to a pod. He's just trapped in, like, a hallway, basically. And... I mean, this was ridiculous. I mean, I was very angry because, again, it's like that moment of you're running together. Like, how on earth did you get separated like that? And, obviously, Felix is, like, such a strong character. And this is only the first book. How are you going to kill a character in the first book? Especially our main, likable, endgame love interest for Marisol. But it did so, seem like he died, right? I mean, we don't know I that really, for sure. But it did kind of seem like that. It did seem like he died because we didn't get confirmation, but it sounds like, I mean, Marisol obviously, like, screams, cries, because the idea is this ship crashes into it, and again, and that's basically how the book ends. It's, like, her going up in the pod and, like, her being, like, Felix is gone forever, like, is what she's thinking. So, obviously, we didn't get confirmation that he's dead because we don't know what happens, like, is happening to Aquius. Like, maybe only certain parts got damaged, but... This is why I said, I mean, it left it on quite a big cliffhanger for the end of the first book. So I'm very much looking forward to reading the next one, you know, in a year or so. Because I need to know, did Felix really die? Like, what's going to happen to Aquius and all the people who were there? Are they all going to have to go to the surface? Like, is Marisol's mom actually still alive 10 years later? Like, if so, how did all the people on the surface survive? Like... So many questions. Yeah. I I have all those same questions, too, but I really want to read the next book because I'm, like, I was captivated by the story. I loved the characters. I hope Felix survives because I thought he was wonderful. And, yeah, I just wanted to keep reading. So, I like, I, oh, I just wanted to keep reading. And it was also just sad because something Felix says to Marisol... Which, I mean, we didn't really mention this, but she gets really mad at him because he tells her that, like, during the, like, physical trial where they had to, like, dive and pick up, like, four kettlebells or something, he helped her and she didn't know. 
and like obviously she doesn't want any help like she was trying to do her best on her own and like this was part of Felix's and Creighton's argument that like Creighton is like well I just did badly so she would do well whereas like Felix is like well I just helped her like teamwork and she gets like really mad at him but he ends up like they talk about how he got the diving assignment and he's like well look at me and look at you like nobody even cares about me like if I die nothing's gonna happen whereas like you're the princess of the Aqui station like you can't die like you know so it's just really sad because then when he gets locked in he's like no one's gonna miss me you know this is how it works out and she's like he literally says I'm disposable I'm disposable and it's just so sad so that's why I'm like he cannot actually be dead after that that's because he's not disposable he literally was the best male character and like Hopefully that's not what happens. If you're still writing the book, please don't let Felix be dead. Yeah. Please, please, please. Okay. Uh, anything else we want to say about Aquas? I just, uh, I guess we should just say, if you can't tell, we really, really enjoyed this book. Like, it, the characters were a joy. The world was a joy. The, the concept was a joy. The writing was beautiful i mean there were some transitions where i was like how did that happen but like (laughs) like we mentioned how did they get ahead of each other and stuff like that there was some and like there was some like abrupt things where like a chapter would end and she'd be like back in her room and you're like oh okay i'm a little confused whatever first time author it's fine i feel like the character relationships are really strong we didn't even mention her best friend her best friends are like a fashion designer she's really entertaining navia like Actually, a lot. Of, we met a lot of the classmates, and they were really entertaining. Like, I just feel like I want to stay more in this world, and so. Yeah, it was a really great world and a very entertaining book. I, I highly recommend reading it if you get a chance. And you know, looking forward to the next book. And you know, let us know when there's going to be the TV show because I'll definitely be watching that too. We want to be. I would like to be a producer on it. I don't know what I bring to the table, but I would love to bring to the table. <laughs> We can give our feedback. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I think that's wrapping up the episode, right? Yes, which means it is time for our announcement, which this is actually kind of bittersweet, as this will be the last throwback paperback episode for a while because we will be going on an indefinite hiatus. And... Yeah, this doesn't mean the show is over forever, but just for the foreseeable future right now. We started Throwback Paperback as a way to stay close during COVID, actually. We were quarantined on different sides of the country, and we started planning this. I suggested this to Asia. It was a crazy idea. She's like, I don't even listen to podcasts. But we, you know, she watched YouTube videos. It's kind of the same thing. You know. Yeah. But we both love books. We'd always talked about sharing them with each other. And we did that. And we've absolutely loved doing it. And we've been releasing episodes for almost three years. And we've been working on the show for longer than that. Like, we kind of started working on it around this time three years ago. And um, it's been a highlight of my life for the last three years. So... Yes, same here. And of course, we want to thank the team at the Nerd Party for helping us run the show and getting it off the ground and for just believing in our book club podcast idea. And we want to thank you, our listeners and fans. We've always loved hearing from you and we will continue to love that. 
if you reach out, our email address isn't going away the same way you reach out to us now on the website. We'll still be getting those emails, so you can still reach out to us, you know, share your thoughts on the show, anything, like, and you know we always respond to, so you can still reach out to us as you have in the past. And like we said, we're not saying that there won't be any future episodes ever. We just have kind of run out of books, and we have some life changes coming up, so we're just going to stop working on the show for a while, but we'd be happy to come back to it again at some point, especially for one of our listener suggestions, or maybe we decided to watch some of the movies of the books we covered, or, you know, we'll come back when this second Aqueous book (laughs) comes out to do a proper review, you know, maybe we can get another early release, because that'd be great. Yeah. And it definitely means you should stay subscribed to our show, because in case we do ever drop another surprise episode, you want to be there to hear it. So, Again, thank you so much for being, you know, part of Throwback Paperback. It's been, like, so much fun. And just want to say thank you and goodbye. Yes, thanks for being a part of our virtual book club. And see you later. See you later. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.